that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Father, you have said that you'll supply everything that we need. My God will supply all of our needs, all of your needs, according to his riches and glory. And Father, you have tons of riches and glory, and you have just made them available to each and every one of us. We say to you today that we love you, we praise you, we worship you, and we are incredibly grateful for everything that you have done, are doing, and by faith will continue to do in your church and in our lives individually. We love you and praise you this morning. And so, church, one more time. Will you pray this prayer after me? Father God, I declare by faith that my mind is ready, my heart is prepared, and my spirit is excited to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a clap offering again, and you can be seated. Amen. 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 And amen. Oh, I love worshiping with this church and with this worship team. Well, this is a bittersweet day, but it's a great day. And um, you're going to get a double portion today. Jeannie's going to come and share with you, and then I'm going to come and share with you our last message here. Jeannie, come right up. Isn't she a beautiful lady? <laughs> oh. Praise God. Just pray for me that I don't sob all the way through this. You're so special to me. I am so grateful for the move of God. I'm so grateful for his leading in our lives. And he led us here to you. God works in so many mysterious ways, but it's always amazing when the clarity comes into our minds. We say, yes, God had a purpose in this. Uh, God not only has a purpose and a beautiful plan for Calvary Church, but we were allowed by the grace of God to become a part of your lives. And wow, you've blessed me. You've just filled me with such joy. Good morning, Calvary Church. <laughs> I want to leave three principles for victory in your walk with the Lord and for Calvary Church to thrive. The first is gratitude. Well, my heart is filled with gratitude for how God has used all of you in my life. We walked into your beautiful church for that first board meeting, and Connie was the first one to meet me. I was prepared to sit out in the foyer as the board met with Jerry, but Connie assured me that the board wanted me to be included too. This is the fifth church that my husband has functioned in the role of interim pastor and the first church that included me. I've tried my best to interact with each one of you. It's impossible to meet all of you and talk personally, but I've tried my best so many times, and you've reached out to me. I couldn't begin to name names, but I will treasure the friendship, 
the sisterhood, the hospitality, the love and kindness you all have showered on me. And to all of you, the body of believers at Calvary Church, thank you for accepting me, affirming me, loving me, and receiving and acknowledging the gifts God has bestowed on me. G.K. Chesterton was a remarkable individual in the early 20th century. Toward the end of his career, he turned to writing his autobiography, and he claimed the most important thing he had learned was that the critical factor in life is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. I think of the words of the song, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 104, enter his gates with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The second principle is accountability. The church is the body of Christ, and when we all function as a body in one mind and purpose, the church becomes a healthy church. God has raised up your leaders in Calvary Church, and being accountable is being willing to submit to their leadership. Hebrews 13.7 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and nothing with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing, and you are doing it here. And in being accountable to each other, we need to be filled with the love of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31 says, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And most importantly, Paul concludes with this statement, and I will show you a still more excellent way, and that way is love. I'll read another portion from the book The Parables by Gary Inrig. The evidence that we know God is not so much our ability to define the divine attributes as it is our response to people. The bottom line is this. What we know of God is seen in how we view ourselves as lost and how we deal with others as lost. God's heart aches over those who are lost. God's heart rejoices over those who are found how well we know him is revealed by whether or not we ache and rejoice as he does. And the third principle is trust. Uh, it's interesting, as I was preparing this this week, 
I would encourage and ask all of you to pray for us because I'm right in this trust principle again. <laughs> Trusting God for the future. Uh, and it's so easy to just jump too far ahead, isn't it? And instead just take one day at a time. And I know God has a furthering plan for Jerry and I, but we've had some difficulties and bumps along the way these last several months, but I know God is with us, and I know God is calling me once again to trust, to submit to him, to become vulnerable to him so that he can do the work in me as I am prepared for the future. I'll read Proverbs 3, 5, and 7 from the New Living Testament, New Living Translation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Okay, Lord. <laughs> it's failed me many times. <laughs> Don't be impressed with my own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Trust is the place where we begin to act and live out our faith. Let me read to you what Anne Graham Lotz says about trust. Because while belief is the consent of the mind and faith is a choice of the will, trust is a commitment of the heart. Trust is submitting, surrendering our will to his will and purpose for our lives. Trust leads you down the path of obedience, and in our obedience, God can begin to do a work of refinement in us. And I feel like I'm being refined again. I like how refinement is defined in the dictionary. A device, a change, an adaptation designed to improve performance or increase efficiency. In Christ, as he refines me, I am much more an efficient vessel for him to be used. Zechariah 13.9 says, And refine them as one refines silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is my God. And 1 Peter 1.7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I commission you, as Calvary Church moves forward, to be teachable under your new shepherds, Pastors Kent and Stacy. Walk in obedience. Join them in your support and healthy functioning of the body of Christ to submit to one another. Don't think more highly of yourselves as we are admonished in Romans 12.3. The Apostle Paul stating here, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you a warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. In closing, I want to give a special thank you to your song leader, Amy. I know they can't be here today, but I hope they're watching. I thank her so much for allowing me to be part of the worship team and to share my gift with all of you. As the Apostle Paul so many times ended his letters, 
grace and peace I leave with you. You all have so touched my heart. Reading from Zephaniah 3.17, I leave you with God's beautiful message. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God bless you all. Well, great job, Jeannie. As we uh, have striven to minister to this church and to be instruments of peace and healing and restoration, I can assure you that you have been that to us these last many, many months to help us be restored in many ways and be refreshed in many ways. It has been an amazing joy and privilege for Jeannie and I to be a part of Calvary Church. You're stuck with us from time to time. You're not going to get rid of us that easy. When you love us like the way you did, we just can't walk away from that. We will be here for the installation uh, service on the 8th. When the superintendent, uh, John Davis, will be here from the district office, you will love what he has to say. And it's a very kind of a formal installation of Pastors Kent and Stacy, And it's just an amazing, amazing time. You will really, really enjoy it. I'm going to just share a few things with you that hopefully will help you to welcome and be a part of what Pastor Kent and Stacy are going to bring to Calvary Church. I remember the day that I started my first pastoral ministry, and it was exciting and a bit scary. Like, am I ready for this? Am I really qualified? Will the church receive and support my ministry? So I want to share a few things that uh, you can do to help welcome your new pastors and support their leadership. I had no idea, by the way, what Jeannie was going to speak on. I never uh, saw her notes. We didn't share anything back and forth. So there are some things, obviously good confirmations, that I will share with you as well. First Thessalonians 5 says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceably with each other. And those great verses. <laughs> They're so great. So I want to encourage you to, first and foremost, it should go without saying, but it never does, to pray for your new pastors. And you know what? Tell them that you're praying for them. In most of the churches that I know, and, and this uh, church with their pastoral search team, your board, throughout the process, they begin to pray for whoever the new pastor pastors were going to be before they were ever identified and brought forth to this uh, congregation. And as you pray for your new pastor pastors in their inaugural days of ministry, uh, I'm going to suggest that you make a commitment to pray for them daily throughout their ministry. I don't know what kind of a prayer time you set up for you, but always include your pastors in your prayer time. It's so important and so big. We, every 
day that Jeannie and I have devotions together, we pray for this church. We pray for the leaders of this church. We pray for all of you, the ministries that God has given this church. And that prayer, as we pray together as a church, you pray for your pastors as a church, it will be uh, an amazing time of the things that God can accomplish and wants to accomplish here at the Calvary Church. Once the honeymoon period is over and the daily grind of ministry begins, praying for your pastors will strengthen their ministry and it'll fortify your bond with them. Let me suggest another one. Send your new pastors a welcome note or an email. It doesn't have to be a, like an epistle from Paul, you know. <laughs> just, just a short note. Uh, and uh, don't make it a, a, a note telling them of all what your expectations are for your, new, for your new pastors. But just introduce yourself, introduce your family, offer a heartfelt welcome. These notes, I think, will confirm and intensify your pastor's excitement about their new place of ministry. It's such a good thing to notes. And I, during my years of full-time pastoring, from time to time we would get notes and they meant so much to Jeannie and I as a pastor and wife at, at our church. I remember a very hard time, maybe the hardest time in ministry that Jeannie and I have gone through at our church and the notes that we got of encouragement. And one in particular came from a teenage girl who had been part of the church and I knew her, we knew her, didn't uh, have a real strong relationship with her. But she sent the most encouraging note and letter that just, it was such a hard time. It had just built us up so much. I don't say it because we've got all sorts of letters, all, you know, and by the way, all kinds of letters from time to time. But uh, I saved one letter of all those hundreds of letters that we received over the years of ministry. And that's from that teenage girl. That meant so much. That was such an encouraging time. It's such a hard time. And you never know what a pastor's going through, what they're thinking, but a notes of encouragement and words of encouragement will mean so very, very much. So another one. <laughs> this is interesting, but I think it's good. Mention your name on your first several encounters with your new pastors. Once your new pastors arrive, make sure to offer your name for the first several weeks. Because you're going to know them right away. You already know their names. But they don't know all of your names. So when you greet them, just uh, feel free to tell them your name for the first several weeks and maybe months. Because they want to know who you are. They want to call you by your first name. And they want to be able to do that. So, But it's hard to memorize names. Not all of us have the gift of whatever that gift is called. <laughs> you remember all these things. We had When I was nine years old, we had an evangelist come to our church in Green Bay, John McDuff. And John also used to travel with his brothers, the McDuff brothers, and they were with the Gaithers for uh, many years. But, uh, and he knew our family a little bit, and he was there for like 11 weeks, uh, six nights, seven nights a week, seven nights a week for 11 weeks. That was an, am <laughs> an amazing revival time. But segue up, Jeannie and I are at uh, Evangel University going to school. And I read on one of the bulletin boards that the McDuff brothers are going to be at this Assembly God Church in Springfield 
uh, which, by the way, there are tons of Assembly of God churches in Springfield, Missouri. It's amazing. <laughs> Maybe 50 or something like that. It's amazing to think about. So we went, and they were wonderful, and they ministered. So we walked up to them afterwards, and I went up to John McDuff, and I said, uh, Brother McDuff, I know that um, you certainly can't remember me, but he, he went like this. He said, I was like, he said, you're one of the Bruettes from Green Bay. I said, what? <laughs> How could you remember that? But that was a gift. And uh, we had some interaction with his family, but all of us pastors don't have that gift. So mention your name when you see them and do it often. And they'll get to know your names. And then when you greet them, they'll be able to mention your name as well. Another one, embrace the uniqueness of your pastors. They, your pastors, have unique personalities and they have a unique set of spiritual gifts and a diverse set of experiences. And when the Spirit leads a church to new pastors, the Spirit seldom leads a church or committee to a person just like the previous pastor or any other pastor that the church has loved in the past. To compare your new pastors to any other is to disrespect the Spirit's role that has guided you, guided Calvary Church, to Pastor Kent and Pastor Stacy. Yeah, you had a big part of it, but never forget that it's the Spirit of God that directed them here. God knew way back exactly where this church was going to be at this time in the history of this church, and he knew at this time exactly what this church and who this church was going to need to lead them. And I and Jeannie are so excited about Pastor Kent and Stacy. We know they are, and we know they're going to be awesome to this uh, church. Pastor Erickson, who, uh, Jeannie's dad, who's the one that founded our church in Green Bay, had a totally different personality than I have. I mean, it was like night and day, different personalities. And I, he was an amazing, amazing man. And Pastor Mike, who's there now, has a totally different personality than me. And that's all right. Have different personalities. We minister in different ways. Uh, Pastor Kent and Pastor Stacy will minister through their unique personalities and the unique set of gifts, but it'll be just what God wants for this church and for this time. Always remember that. I've said to people back in the day when they lamented when <laughs> Pastor Erickson had to retire because of some uh, health issues, and, uh, and also the same thing happened when I passed the baton over to Pastor Mike, who's there now. I said, always remember the church that, churches that I pastored, they weren't my churches. This church isn't your church. It wasn't Pastor Tim's church. It's not Pastor Ken's church. It's God's church, right? God knows exactly what this church needs. He knows exactly the direction he wants for this church. And as long as we remember this is God's church, and we are privileged, aren't we, to be a part of God's church in this community for this time, doing and seeing what God is going to do. I'm excited about that. Next, be prepared to follow. A pastor who knows what they're doing is going to lead both in very great and optimal situations and very challenging situations. And the, the kingdom of God is enriched when a congregation follows their pastors and embraces their vision and their mission with enthusiasm. The, the many pastors will provide, and most pastors will provide proactive leadership and it's spirit-led, and it's mission-focused. 
I've always been encouraged as part of a church not to be a backseat driver. You know what a backseat driver is? <laughs> you ever been accused of it? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I know where I'm going, Jerry. <laughs> I know how to do this. I know how to drive. I know where we're going. Be willing to serve. Such an amazing encouragement. Your pastors will lead. If you willingly follow, I know your board will. You follow. The vision is so big. It's so big that this church can't do it. Only God can do it <laughs> through this church. It's a huge vision that they're going to bring to this church and to this community. I mean, it boggles the mind to think about it. Humanly speaking, probably impossible. Listen, if we could do it, if we could do God's work, why would he, why would he even need us, right? No, we need God to help us do what he wants us to do. And God's vision for this church is much bigger than yours or mine, and maybe even Pastor Kent's and Stacy's. But it's going to be an awesome thing. And you're all privileged to be a part of that. Give your pastors permission to make mistakes. Best pastors don't succeed 100% of the time. Um, one pastor that I know said this uh, when he was starting in a church. He said a few weeks into his pastoral assignment, a sincere church member said to him, I'm glad you're here. Every pastor that I've had has disappointed me. I hope you never disappoint me. <laughs> this is how he responded. He said, let me just disappoint you right now <laughs> and get it out of the way. He said, like you, I'm an imperfect human being who will make mistakes. But he said, if we forgive one another as God has forgiven us, we'll get along just fine. He said, I must admit, I don't think that response went over well. <laughs> he said, I think it disappointed her. Don't hold your pastors to a standard of perfection that's impossible to maintain. They're going to make mistakes. We all do. I made lots of them in my ministry. And, uh, but we correct, and God shows us and people, and, and, and we move on. Let me give you another one. Speak positively about your pastors publicly. And privately, you know, when when you talk about someone, whatever in the in your car or in your home, and if your kids are there, they they pick up on that real quick. They really do. How you speak about someone is a real lesson to them about how they can look at other people. If you want to bring out the best in your pastor, speak well of them publicly and privately. Listen. For all of us as pastors, it's easy to find something to criticize because we all have weaknesses. He's too loud. He's too soft-spoken. He uses the big words I don't understand. He's not a people person. Listen, every pastor has more strengths than weaknesses. They do. And a healthy pastoral tenure is nurtured beautifully when we magnify around and emphasizes and emphasize our pastor's strengths. And so I just want to encourage you to, to, to welcome your pastor. There are lots of ways that you can do it. I just wanted to share those few with you. Um, your pastor is going to be launched into a very effective, very healthy tenure here. But don't compare them. Listen, if you compare them to your football, favorite football coach and expect them to win every game, not going to happen. You'll be disappointed. It'll lessen their effectiveness. But if you receive them as spiritual leaders sent to encourage your faithfulness, 
to challenge your presuppositions and to bring out God's best in you, your relationship between your pastors and you will be vibrant, it'll be effective, and it'll be amazing what God will do. A few years ago, a man by the name of Hardy Clements spoke to a group of pastors, and he said to these pastors, he said, uh, as a pastor, he said, your goal is to minister, it's not to show a profit, not to amass a, a large financial bottom line or necessarily grow bigger for our own security. The ultimate goals, he said to these pastors, are to accept God's grace, share the good news, invite and equip disciples. That is a great charge. And as church members, you're privileged to co-labor with your pastors in this transform, in this time of transformation and growth, the work of demonstrating God's grace, sharing good news, and equipping disciples. And there are many more things I could share that I could list, but these might help get you started. Listen, if you've ever moved into a new job or a new circumstance where you didn't know anybody, uh, you can understand how difficult it is to come into a new a place. We all want to be loved and wanted, and your new pastors are no different. Go out of your way to show them that you're truly thankful that they're here, and you're so glad that they're going to be pastoring your church and pastoring you. You'll be blessed by doing this, and they'll be blessed in return. Jeannie, come on up here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and one of the songs, um, Abigail, that you had um, on their um, the after songs was "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus," and so Abigail, I'm going to ask that you do that song first. That's kind of my theme hymn. "Tis So Sweet <laughs> to Trust in Jesus." I was asked one time. I think I shared this with you. A lady came into my office one time and said, "Pastor, what's your greatest spiritual battle?" Well, that was a great question, right? I thought for just a few moments, and I said, trusting God? And she said, oh, you don't trust God? I said, no, I, I trust God. Oh, you do trust God? No, I don't trust God. <laughs> oh, for grace to trust you more, right? That's why I love that hymn. That's why I have all the hymns that have ever been written. That's a theme hymn. And I want them to lead us in that, and then Jeannie and I, are going to pray for this church and pray for all of you and bless you before we close this service today. So Abigail, I didn't mean to throw that one at you, but that would be great. I appreciate it. Why don't you stand and we'll sing it together.
Father God, we're so thankful that we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, trust you, Lord, in all things. And for this new era, this new time for Calvary Church, we trust, Lord, that you are in control of everything, that, Lord, all things that are going to be done are going to be done according to your will. Lord, we pray for this community. We pray for the lost. We pray, Lord, for everyone who is a kingdom seeker and they don't even know it, that somehow your Holy Spirit would just begin to put a tug in their heart that they don't even understand, and somehow, in some way, through an invitation, Lord, through whatever, that they'll be drawn to this church, this lighthouse in this community, that they will be loved on, that they will receive the Word of God, that they'll respond to the Spirit of God and give their lives to Jesus Christ, that you would grow this church, Father, for your glory and for your honor, that you will use Pastor Kent and Pastor Stacy to be great leaders for this church, that this community would receive them, that they would accept them. I pray, Lord, that as they reach out into the corners, even into the public schools, that the word of God would be taken. Lord, we just pray for a move of God in this community, Lord, that they have never seen or experienced before. I pray, Lord, for a mighty move of God. I pray, Lord, that the church would be revived, that there would be such an excitement in the Spirit of God that we couldn't wait to go out and share with the lost and the dying the way of truth, the way of life. Jesus, you said it. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can ever come to the Father except through Jesus. So we're going to be your ambassadors, Jesus, in the world that we live in, in our homes, in our families, in our neighborhoods, and in this church, Lord. Let your will be done. Lord, just bring a great move of God, and Lord, let your kingdom be built. Let those who get saved be built up in the faith, and then by mission, go out into the places that you have called each and every one of us to go. Father, we commit, we dedicate Calvary Church and every person and every leader and everyone that's a part, we dedicate them and commit them, body, soul, and spirit, to you for your glory, yes, for your honor, yes, but for our good as well. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Calvary Church. We love you.